Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35 and TikTok at AGSpartanFan35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into the... 163rd edition of the TFS pod coming to you live February 27th, last pod of February. Then we're into the best month of the year, March. Lots of good golf, basketball galore, um, warmer weather. Um, we love to see it. Um, let's get to the podium here. Um, I'll go first real quick. Um, heard this on a, in a video on Twitter actually the other night and it made me uh, think about this for a, a pod topic, and um, here we are. So, are we seeing a changing of the guard in pro golf? What do I, what do I mean by that? Guys that are young, up and comers, guys that haven't won in a while, um, starting to win and winning this year. Um, a lot of guys left for live um, that were kind of mainstays on the tour for a while. Good, get out of here. We don't care about you. Take your blood money. Um, you're going to hell for it. Um, so go over there and then, you know, some PGA, like big guys like Rory, JT, they haven't won as much as of late. And these newer guys winning, these are the winners from 2024, um, so far. So the century, Chris Kirk won, um, he won last year as well, um, at the tournament that's playing this weekend is the Honda, now the Cognizant. Um, he hasn't had many wins in his career, kind of, he's had a really good season so far. Then Grayson Murray won for the first time in a long time. Nick Dunlop won at the American Express, a rookie amateur at the time um then matthew pavone a rookie on the pga tour got his card through uh the dp european tour um and then wyndham clark won he's kind of been an up-and-comer in the last year or two um nick taylor who's also won a couple times in the last year and then hideki um obviously he's had a lot of success on the tour and then jake knapp um guy there's a security guard two years ago um, just went one in Mexico, and the names are up there were guys that you never heard of. You, you'd like to see it. There's these young guys um, that can hit the ball a mile. They have fun. They're just fun to watch. Um, I feel like it's a changing in the guard. It's it's weird, especially in these smaller tournaments where you know not as many big guys. But you see these names, and then you see them more and more in the uh, the elevated events, and you're like, wow, these guys can really play. Um, I kind of like to see it. Um, some newer guys getting in there and recognizable makes the the game more fun to watch and more um less you know what's the word i'm looking for obvious who's going to win every week um which is good i think more parody that's the word i was looking for um which we love it makes it more interesting for the average viewer golf's a sport that i would argue doesn't need superstars it helps arnold palmer jack nicholas tiger tiger whatever but Golf needs stories, and a lot of these guys have stories, which I think is what the key is. So uh, I couldn't let a podium go by without talking court storm. So, you know, if you've been living under a rock, don't watch college basketball. You probably don't listen to the podcast, honestly. Um, so everybody who does listen, you know, we love college basketball here. And you know what I'm talking about. We're talking about Duke Wake Forest. Court storms are as old as I am, right? Like, I'm sure they happened maybe less frequently when I was younger. Uh, they tend to happen a little bit more frequently. I think with the craziness of sports, upsets seem to happen a lot. I mean, talk about field storms. My buddies and I, because Michigan State was so bad in football for our th- four years there, and that was back when Spartan Stadium was like two and a half feet. The turf was two and a half feet below the wall. We rushed that thing all the time, and it was fun. We didn't mess with the players, of course. And And here's the thing. As much as John Shire and Filipowski and anybody might try to tell you, the Wake Forest fans were not looking to bum rush Duke's best player. They're just not. Does it happen like at Ohio State with Caitlin Clark when the fan just was oblivious and ran into her? Sure. Is it potentially dangerous? Yeah, I'll give that to you. It is. But case in point with the Duke 
in Wake Forest game. Stop with the, how dangerous it is and how many people are hurt. And I thought, I think I heard somebody say how many people that you don't ever hear about that are in wheelchairs. What, what people are we talking about that are in wheelchairs as a result of a court storm? Yeah, is it dangerous? Could you get stampeded? Yes, we see it in soccer, a.k.a. football, globally, where there's stampedes and people die and it's like running of the bulls. I mean, I get it. Look, I get it. First of all, you're never going to have enough security to stop it. Second of all, they can't stop it anyway. People that want to go, go. And the thing is, is they're celebrating. They could give two you-know-whats about Duke. Nobody sits there in the stands and goes, who am I going to take out this time? Like, that's just now how it works. You're you're in the mindset of I'm celebrating beating a hated rival, uh, like in the case of Wake Forest and Duke, or in the case of a Michigan State, Michigan, or an Indiana, Purdue, or whatever the case may be. Or you're a, a long downtrodden program like a Nebraska who's beating teams left and right at home that they have, you've never beaten at home before. Like I, I personally have zero problem with a court storm. Again, do I think there's some risk? Yeah, well, there's a risk that Filipowski could turn his knee or turn his ankle in a play too. And I saw the replay from above. He did a forearm shiver on somebody when they were coming towards him. Yeah, okay, I'm not going to say that he was headhunting somebody who's looking to protect himself, but here, newsflash, you see this often. Now, I get it on it's on the last play of the game. This was not the case in the Duke game. Duke turned it over four of the last five possessions. Get your starters off the floor. Head them down to the tunnel. Wave to the coach and say, hey, guys, we're going to get out. And, uh, and opposing coaches, I've never seen them angry about a non-handshake because they know that a court storm is coming. Like, grow up. I mean, Duke, you don't get special rules because you're Duke. Just like Michigan doesn't get special rules in football because they're Michigan. Like, I'm so tired of the, you know, from – preaching from the from the you know the mountaintop about how oh we're holier than that like come on okay so duke you don't rush the floor guess what you win all the time so i wouldn't expect you to rush the floor they don't rush the floor at michigan state anymore first of all because michigan state sucks this year but because michigan state wins all the time the blue bloods don't do it it's the other teams that do it i have zero problem with it get over your butt hurt and your angst Get your guys out of harm's way. Tell them to hustle off the floor and get out of the way and be done with it and stop bitching about it. And then you see the Jay Billis's the get off my lawn speech. Oh, it's so bad for the game. Yeah, Jay, shut up. It's You're not. Right. It's why. It, here's the thing, Jay. It's what college basketball great. And sports in general. Sp- sports in the stands are dying on the vine. I've said it for a long time to my buddies. The Izone is terrible. They're terrible. They're pretentious. They expect to win. And I don't think they can rally Michigan State like the Izone used to be able to back in the day. I don't think they could rally like we used to be able to rally Judd's, uh, Judd's squads back in my day. Like when you were losing, you got louder. You didn't get more complacent and angsty and sit there. Like there's less and less a reason to go to a game because it's so expensive. There's already so many TV timeouts. So especially from the kids' perspective, you want the students to show up and create an atmosphere Make it fun for them. You want to keep having rules about this is our court. Okay, here's your to settle your argument, Jay. If it's your place of business and it's your court, <clears throat> go back to the COVID days where you play in front of nobody but piped in sound. Is that what you would rather have? Because I argue that's what you're going for. And basketball, college sports are becoming more and more corporate anyway, because it's so ridiculously expensive. Like even as the as great as it is that the football playoff is going to expand. All the people that want to go, are you going to really be able to follow your team for three or four games unless you're a million-dollar, multi-million-dollar booster? No. It's ridiculous. It's become corporate. It's like the Super Bowl. The the Super Bowl is corporate, too. The real fans stay home and watch at home. Ryan made this comment the other day. The only reason we go to Michigan State football games, well, first, they haven't raised the ticket price in probably like 10 years, It's the tailgating. You don't tailgate before basketball, so you expect a good atmosphere and a good experience. The atmosphere and experience at the Breslin has been lacking. Izzo's been calling it out as, oh, it's been great. They've been great. The Izzo's been great. No, they haven't. I can tell you from the TV, I can tell you from having been to a couple games, they suck compared to they used to be because they're soft and they're not entertained the way that they used to be. So if you want to go keep going that direction, Jay, get off my lawn. That's fine. Let's just play in empty arenas. Better yet, let's just cut down. Let's bulldoze the arenas, build academic buildings, and just play on a court with a couple of benches and call it good. Or better yet, better yet, yet, play at... Dem Hall or, or, you know, what do they call it at um, the, rec hall. the rec hall at Penn State in front of like 6,000 fans and make it worthwhile. 
That's what I say. Yeah, well, this is the same guy that's been saying, oh, instant, he's like, there's not enough money. So it's like, there's never enough money for when all these coaches get paid to get their buy. It's like, dude, like, he's just jealous because he didn't get money when he played. Right. It's like, dude, like, these guys, guys are getting more money than I'm going to make in my life to play a stupid sport in college. Right. They're more money than I'm going to make. They're, more prof- they're, prof- they're not professionals. They're amateurs. But not anymore. They're because, supposed to be. You know, that's a whole whole other topic that we've talked about a lot. All right, tee up. Um, you came up with this one, right? Yeah, before. I mean, look, we always say it. Sometimes, it, sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's not as obvious. This week is a little bit less obvious. So, I just sit there and I see, you know, as I peruse some sports stories and think about, is there something I want to touch on on the podcast? Um, sports coverage is so bad these days. I honestly don't read as much as I used to. It's sad. I used to read the newspaper. I, I used to like The Athletic until they became just a liberal piece of trash like everybody else. So, but this one caught my mind. It caught my attention. The amount of guys going to the combine but not actually performing at the combine, the NFL combine we're talking about. What the hell's the point? A, why have it? Or B, invite the guys that are trying to get drafted and scrape their way into the seventh round as opposed to the sure first rounders. Don't don't invite a guy like Caleb Williams who won't throw. Don't invite a receiver who won't run routes and catch the ball. Don't invite people who won't lift weights or run the 40s or do whatever, catch on the jugs machine, take the wonder lick test. Don't invite them. I mean, but here's the problem is that the NFL has made it like a three-day made-for-TV event, event um, where they can talk about these guys ad nauseum and they need things to look at. Look, sit in a studio and do it. Show their college highlights and do it. Like, it's a waste of time. If you're, that'd be like saying, "All right, we're gonna have a job fair," and then me going, "I'm just, I'm gonna show up, but I'm not gonna talk to anybody, and I'm not gonna bring my resume." Like, what the hell's the point? I mean, that's the dumbest thing alive. Are you that pretentious that you can't go and better your stock? Are you that afraid you're gonna get hurt? If you're that afraid you're gonna get hurt, either go take an insurance policy out or stop playing a sport. Because you're not living life. You're being an idiot. It's more. I think it's more the fact that they're going to embarrass themselves and lose their stock. Or, yeah, lose their stock. And you know what? Then so be it. Then use that as a chip on your shoulder. Be the Draymond. Be the Amon Ra St. Brown. Be the guy who gets bypassed by a bunch of people and ends up being better and use it as a chip on your shoulder. But see, nobody wants to work for anything anymore. Caleb Williams doesn't want to work for number one. He just wants to assume he's number one. Take all the money. Maybe he has success. Maybe he doesn't. You know, for every Stroud... There's a bunch of number one draft picks at quarterback that have sucked because they really don't care. Ryan Leaf is a really good example. There's a lot Jamarcus Russell. There's a lot of guys that don't care. So I don't really pay attention to the combine anyway. I know only one Michigan State player was invited. I say invite anybody who really legitimately wants to play at the next level and let him go. Otherwise, just forget it altogether. It's a waste of time. Quit being a a bunch of prima donnas. Well, that's what sports are nowadays. It's a weird. It's weird. It's got it's, weird. It's not just sports. Sports is a microcosm of society. Is the well, problem, we thought so. like we always said before, the sports was the, our outlet. Now it's not anymore. No, it's just it's the same woke BS that everything else it's is. So. Crap. Um, all right, four quarters again this week. Um, let's dive into a college basketball at large. Uh, we only next, conference tournament start on Monday, folks. The small ones. That's that's pretty. Those cool. Those are the fun ones. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Um, last two weeks of the regular season here for most conferences. Um, uh, what do we want to do first? Big Ten. Well, let's go first. We'll do uh, first quarter. In Big Ten power rankings are presented by Norris Sports Group. NSG is a boutique agency of experts with thirty plus years of experience in sports sponsorship and much more. Learn more about them today at NorrisSportsGroup.com. I'll start with this. Shout out to Hope Basketball, Ryan's alma mater, um, soon to be Rachel's alma mater. Third straight MIAA championship, um, a rare year, maybe the first year ever that the MIAA is actually sending three, two at large. Um, As good as Hope and Calvin are, the two arguably the two best Division three programs in history. Period. Um, You know, win wise and everything else. Although Hope is the Purdue, they've never won it, but they've won like the fourth most games. Um, been to a decent amount of Final Fours. Hope won their third. They went on the road. Actually, this is the third year in a row. I think they went on the road to win the title. No, they won two oh, they years won ago. Two years they ago, won they won at home. Yeah. Last year, they won at Calvin. This year, they won at Trine. Um, Trine and Calvin also get in, so that begs the question, would Hope have gotten in? I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know if they would have, but have a very nice you know, end of the season, 22-6. and six. Yeah. The, Division three, if you're not familiar, is not seeded the same way as 
as the uh, as March pods. Madness. It's pods. It's fourteen pods, so they're like seated one to four in the pods. So it's kind of seated, but it's not like overall. It's not like there's a sixteen versus a one or anything like that. I mean, it's it's set up that way, but it's very much more set up to be close to home. Like Hope and Calvin and Trying to think are all playing in Ohio, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, so or is trying to trying to trying to hosting. So. Um, that's another unique part of Division Three. Is uh, I think that happened actually, Ryan, the year before you went. You're, when you committed, I Hope, think there are three teams Hope in lost there. in the Sweet Sixteen at home um, by giving up five points and went up four in the like last three seconds. Three seconds. It was really hard to watch. Um, but shout out to Hope. Shout out to Coach George. Shout out to Coach Mitch and the and the boys. Yep. Uh, you know, nice team. These are still some guys that Ryan played with when he was there. Uh, so fun to see them have success and make a good push late in the season. This yep. two years in a row, they've beaten Calvin, um, split the season with Calvin, and then beaten them in the uh, MIAA playoffs. They beat them in the semis this year, and then they beat Trying, who really kind of handled them easily the other two times. So yep. um, good to see for Hope and, and wish them good luck this weekend. Same for their women's team. Their women actually is funny. Hope won at Trying, and Trying women beat Hope at Hope. Um Hope almost always plays at home for the women's, yeah. but trying is usually the second best team. It's, it's a little different there on the women's side, but they're, I think they went 24 and three or something like that. And they're easily in the tournament as well. So, um, so we'll be paying attention to that. That starts this weekend. Um, they always play Friday, Saturdays, and then they kind of, they don't reseed. So your bracket is your bracket, but yeah. um, then they, I think they refigure the location though, don't they? Yeah. It's more of a central location. Yeah. So like, Doubtful, but like hope potentially if they get through their bracket and depending on who it does and they you know how they do in the other bracket, they could actually end up hosting, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So um, kind of a fun way that they do it. Don't know if it makes makes it easier to bracket things or not. Um, there's not quite as many Division three teams as there are Division one teams, but there's still a lot of teams and there's good teams that get left out every year. So. All right, let's get into power rankings. I actually have had a busy couple of days at work, so I did not get a chance to re-rank, but I'll just fire them off in the order that I think, Ryan, and then you give me your feeling on them. Michigan as last place. Twenty losses. I mean, they're playing now without Kamwa. But they actually battled Purdue the other day. In front of a three-quarters Purdue crowd at Chrysler. It was pretty embarrassing. They're... um, they're not good. Be interesting to see what they do with Howard. Um, could they maybe win a game in mini? Maybe, but I don't know. I wouldn't count on it if I was a Michigan fan. I think Rutgers is the second worst. Yeah, third. I, last week I had thir- Penn State at thirteen. They actually Penn State's they, good. They played, they played really well lately. I think they they had the upset win when we were watching yeah, last they, week uh, against Illinois. Smoked. They played Indiana. Smoked maybe. Indiana at home. Um, I you know I I've said all along that I like that team. They're maybe a year away, but I think they're decently young. Yeah, they're solid. I had them at 13 last week. I'm going to go, yeah, Rutgers at 11. I would have, or at 13, I would have said maybe even Indiana. That's how bad Indiana is. But Indiana's beating Wisconsin tonight. So it's a who knows? It's yeah. at Indiana, though, right? Correct. Um, and winning at home, except for, for Michigan State, is really hard to do. So, I mean, winning on the road, except for, for Michigan State, is hard to do. Um, I had last week at Ohio State at number 12. They got a huge upset against Purdue. And I won't call it a huge upset, but they led for all of 0.2 seconds against Michigan State and beat Michigan State on the road for the first time in what 12 years? 12 years. Um, Last time was on a buzzer beater as well. So, yeah, was it awesome. Buford that hit that? Yes. We were I there. Still can picture it. Um, so I'm going to go Rutgers in Indiana. I think are actually worse than Penn State and Ohio State. I think Ohio State is kind of. It's interesting how that happens. You change coaches, and all of a sudden, like play guys just harder. relax. They either play harder. Or whatever that tells you, just I don't know anything, obviously, but it just tells you that behind the scenes there was some beef there. And one thing that I've heard in watching Ohio State the last couple of games that I've seen them play is that Diebler has gone deeper in the bench, so maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe guys are fresher. Maybe guys that weren't playing are playing and they're more motivated. You know, I I, I don't know, but Ohio State's won some nice games. I think that they're playing pretty well. Maryland is just kind of one of those enigmas. I think they handled Rutgers pretty easily. Yeah, they beat Rutgers bad uh, on the road. Horrible offensive team, though, aside from Jameer Young. Yeah, both. It's funny because we'll get into the Ken Palm stuff here in a minute, but I I saw this when I was looking at it tonight. So Rutgers is the number four 
defensive team, 287 on offense. Oh, their adjusted no. ranking is 93rd. And Maryland is number five on defense, but they're 156th yeah, on offense. So, like, oh. two really bad teams. Iowa was hot, and then they kind of ran into um, – they played well for a half against Illinois. And Illinois is a good team. Like, Illinois is a yeah, team they're, that – They're I, built for March. I think Illinois is a team that can get hot and and – and make a run. I mean, I, they can stumble too. They yeah, make they mistakes, could, but, but they have they have they've got scoring, some depth of scoring defense. I mean, they can sometimes. score a lot of points. They can play defense. Hawkins is hard to guard, and Shannon can really guard good. all five. Shannon's really good. Minnesota kind of fell off a little bit. Um, I think Iowa's kind of maybe sitting there. If they made a run, they could maybe sneak in because all yeah, of a sudden they got some quad I think ones. Minnesota's off um, completely. Yeah. I think Minnesota's off too. I think they're probably a year away, but they've they've yeah, had they've a better. pretty good run. They could make some noise Picked, playing at home. dead last in the yeah. Big Ten. Um, I am like, we'll get to Ken Palm in a minute. I said it last week. I said it last week that Michigan State might go 1-3 and three down the stretch. I think you're yeah. right. And Maybe 0-4. We'll get more to Michigan State in a minute, but they lost two games last week, both at home. They've lost more home games this year than in any year since 2015. Uh, now, I will caveat it. Michigan State actually got hot and went on a run to the Final Four in 2015 with Travis Trice, but that team was tough. That had Dawson and some of those guys. Yeah. Uh, this team has zero toughness except for Malik Hall. Uh, we'll get to them more. I think Nebraska solidly in there. They, they're they guard, they protect the home court well. Um, they're just a nice team. They're like Ryan has said. They're like Penn State from last year. They got guys that can fill it up from three. They run some good backdoor stuff. You know, I wouldn't want to face them. They're probably going to no. be a seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there, ten. I wouldn't want to face them. I wouldn't want to face them as a one or a two. No way, no way, because they they've beaten Purdue. They beat Wisconsin when Wisconsin was good. They've beaten the top of the Big Ten. Uh, I I think they only played Illinois once and they lost to him, but it was a tough game in overtime at Illinois. So yeah. like they're proven against good teams. Um, Northwestern's still hanging in there playing well. Wisconsin has just hit the skids. They just haven't been very good for a while now. Yeah, they've been um, off for about be, a month. It'd be really interesting. You know, they're they're safely in, but their their seating their seating is, is their seating can only is get worse. precarious. I don't, I don't think it can get better. Um, I really think the Big Ten only gets two teams in the that have better than a seven seed. Yeah. Um, yep. I think Northwestern is, is playing tough. They're going to continue to miss Barry. If they had Barry, I think that they could be like a sneaky six seed. Yeah, um, I'm thinking more seven, eight, but, nine. But missing that extra three-point sh- shooting threat, that's going to hurt them if teams can kind of stop Bowie. But teams haven't been able to stop Bowie, so who knows. Uh, Illinois and Purdue are num- by far and away number one, number two. Purdue exacted some revenge on Rutgers last week by absolutely trashing Oof. them at home. They're going to trash Michigan State on Saturday. It's a primetime game. It's going to be embarrassing. Yeah, Michigan correct. State hasn't won there since, what, 20, 2014? 2014. Um, again, a Michigan State team that had toughness. Appling, Harris, you know, and some of those guys. Um, yeah, Big Ten is – let's let's let take a real, real quick peek at uh, how things are setting out for – Standings. Standings-wise for seeding. So Indiana's up four in the second half now in Wisconsin, by the way, as we're looking at it. So as it were to end today, you'd have Purdue one, Illinois two, Northwestern three, Wisconsin four. Nebraska's right on Wisconsin heels and beat Wisconsin, or they split with them, I think. They're at 10 and seven, so they've got a chance at the four. I don't think anybody else really does. Michigan State is currently in the sixth spot at nine and eight. They could just as easily. I think the lowest they can go is nine, I saw. They could go nine and eleven, though. Yeah, that'd be the nine. Um, which I don't think Michigan State's had a losing big they had record. Twenty twenty COVID year, they were. Losing. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's the only one they've had. On uh, Minnesota is currently the seven and eight and eight. Iowa's eight and nine. Penn State's eight and nine. Um, Maryland seven and ten. Indiana six and ten. Rutgers six and ten. Ohio State six and eleven. And Michigan's got the lock on the fourteen seed. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. A lot can change. What happens? Lots can change. Last There's year three we saw games. what happened. Michigan State went from like a seven or eight to number four double by um, right in one weekend. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't expect that. But the big—I'm going to say this right now: the Big Ten's not. It, it, Purdue's really getting not going to win a national championship. No, the, the Big Ten's not going to. The drought continues. It's not. I'm sorry. At me all you want, whatever. That's what you always say. I don't think it's going to happen. I do, I don't. 
I don't, I don't see it happening anytime Purdue, in the near future. Purdue struggles with big physical guards, and they kind of struggled against Michigan. Michigan has some older, beefier guards in Namari Burnett um, and McDaniel's small, but you know Llewellyn, he's a little bigger, mm-hmm. older. They struggle with that. Like Fletcher Lawyer weighs five pounds. He gets thrown around. Yeah. He's been playing terrible. I, I said there, I was talking to Riley on the phone earlier. And I said I guarantee he's going to make eight threes against us because he's like eight for his last forty. Right. Yeah. But that'll happen because they get a buy as well before right. we play but, them. So yeah, I just don't. I think Illinois is the best chance to be Illinois or honestly Nebraska have the best chance because the way they play their style of play. But I just don't see it. Yeah, I have to see. I'd have to see what they're playing matchups, whatever. Before to you know obviously make that final decision, but as of as of now, I see I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So you want before we get into Ken Palm, you want to go through current one seeds. I think it's the same. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's UConn, Houston, Purdue. I think the last one's interchangeable. I I think it could be. Could it be North Carolina if they win out and win the ACC? Maybe Tennessee. Maybe. Could it be ten- I think it's Tennessee. I think they're the last one. I think they – because Arizona lost last week. Tennessee's playing really well. I think it's Tennessee. I think Tennessee and Arizona right now are fighting for the last one, but I'd put Tennessee right now. Then my twos would be um, North Carolina, Kansas, Arizona, and then Iowa State. What about no Auburn? No, their defense sucks. I think that, their that, defense is ranked number five, number six in Ken defenses. Yeah, their defense is six. Really? Ken Palm, I their 15-0. defense is terrible. Yeah, no. Well, I'm wrong, man. They're number five overall in Ken Palm. Yeah. So speaking of Ken Palm, we'll, we'll look at in Big Ten. I think is no different. I think it's five, maybe six. I mean, everybody keeps saying, "Oh, Michigan State's safely in." It's a matter of seed. No. They're not safely in unless they win. Against North I think they two their magic number. I think if they get nineteen, they're in. Yeah. They'll, they'll be in Dayton, but. Right, they'll be in playing game for sure. They need 19 wins to get in. I think if they get to 19 regular season and then win one the Big Ten tournament, I think they're probably like an eight seed. But right now, they're I think they're there's no given. Their ceiling is an eight. Their floor is nothing. Right, nit. And would we have, would what did I say at the beginning? There? I said like floor was like a five seed, four or five mm-hmm. seed. Good. Lord. Yeah, we'd have to go back and look. But I mean, we set the expectation as we'd be disappointed without a Final Four. Well, there's, I mean, there's a NIT Final Four. Yeah. Hey, we didn't specify. Also, right. if Michigan State gets in the gets doesn't make the tournament, I, they better not accept an NIT. I would. I would be. I would be angry. Izzo would though, because he's a spiteful bastard. <laughs> Who knows? Old Cooter. Um. So, Ken Palm. If, unless you've been living under a rock, you know. Top forty offense, top twenty-two defense has won the Natty every year since. Ken Palm came out in 20, 2002. Um, so I'm looking at it. The last couple of weeks I've been looking at it more from the offensive standpoint first. So I'm going to go defense first because there's less teams that obviously qualify that way. So Houston's your number one Ken Palm overall. They're number one on D, number 16 on offense. So they they fit that category. Tennessee fits there barely on – or no, not barely. They're second on defense, 21st on offense. Iowa State actually fell out. So Iowa State moved in last week. There were 39 on offense, three on defense. They slipped back to 43 and three. They're so, but they're on, don't count them out. You know, they could easily move back in. Uh, you got Auburn, six on defense, 15 on offense. North Carolina, still there, seven on, off, on defense, 25 on offense. Um, San Diego State's been kind of in one of those teams to monitor. Their, their offense is a, leaves a little bit to be desired. They're only 53rd on offense, so uh, but they're eight on defense, so they'd have to make a pretty good push to, to get in there as to be one of your really, truly teams to watch. So they're kind of on the outside looking in. Kansas has moved their way back in. They've been kind of flexing out for a while. They're 10 on defense, 37 on offense. So offense is not super efficient for a Kansas team, but their defense is solid. Um Marquette still in there, 12 on defense, 24 on offense. Arizona, 13 defense, 6 on offense. Uh, you got a lot of good defensive teams that are horrible on offense, that's for sure, if you look at the Ken Palm. Uh, still in there, and I still am not convinced we're even going to make it, but 20th overall in the Ken Palm and 16 on defense, 39 off on offense, hanging by a foreskin, Michigan State. Um, and then you got UConn in there still 19 on defense. They're getting kind of, they're getting close to the edge there. Three on offense. 
And then you've got uh, Purdue's 21 on defense, also on the cusp, and then two on, on offense. They haven't changed since last week. And then um, barely in from a defensive perspective, um, and they move up from the don't count them out, and that's Creighton at 22 on defense, 12 on offense. So I'll see if real quick if there's anybody close. Colorado State's still kind of in that close, 25 on D, 42 on O. Uh, Duke, 26 on D, 7 on O. So they just need to get their defense a little bit right-sized, and, and they're still in contention. Um, you know, there's some other teams, TCU, mildly in play. Um, you know, even Nebraska, 33 on D, 38 on offense. Um, not horrible. That tells you that they can probably win a game or two. So, um, yeah, it would be super interesting to see how that continues to look. Uh, obviously, we got a couple more weeks to look before brackets come out, and then we'll be able to tell you who officially you should look at for your national champion. Yep. All right. Uh, I don't have anything else basketball-wise, if you don't. Nope, me neither. Bill so it. Let's move to second quarter, hodgepodge, mailbag. Um, I don't have any particular hodgepodge this week, Ryan, because I just didn't have time to put anything together. But Mitchapalooza to the rescue with four – Questions. Chris is disengaged from the, uh, not from the podcast, but from the question asking because he's given up on Michigan State's season. Um, usually he's good for some questions. So, Chris, um, maybe when we get you back on the hook or, you know, football goes, spring football starts or whatever, you can get some questions in here too. But so, Mitch's first question What impact does that loss, and I presume he means uh, the Ohio State loss, have on Michigan State's future recruiting with all the high-quality guys in attendance? I didn't even know that they had a oh, bunch Oh, yeah, they of had recruits. a bunch. Um, I think it hurts because you saw a five-star big man play and then get benched. Right, for no reason, when he was plus 11 and playing better than the other guys. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I think the problem is, is that – you know, Tom talks all the time about I, I I can't coach guys the same way. I can't yell at them. I can't this. I can't that. Well, but then at the same time, he still coaches them the same way that if they make a defensive mistake, they get buried on the pine. Um, and guys, young guys don't want that. Young guys want the what's here and now. They want to go someplace where they can play as a five star and they don't have to worry about being behind somebody. Now, Michigan State next year obviously is going to turn an awful lot over. Yes. Um, unless unless we get unlucky and. A1 and A, A-hole 1 and 2 come back in Sissoko and Hogard. If they do, I don't know that I'll watch Michigan State basketball next year. That's that's yeah, how much. Don't worry. Sissoko is at least a likable person. Hogard is a is the, is like dog poop on the bottom of my shoe. Um, but I always, I mean, I don't put a ton of stock into a win and a loss there. Because, I like, I think for football, Michigan State shows guys up. And, you know, I think a little bit of it, if they're really, truly – an invested recruit. They're looking at the big picture, not just the win or the loss. Michigan State didn't lead most of that game, obviously. Lost at the buzzer. But I do think the aesthetics of you're not really playing Cohen Carr. You're not really playing Booker, although that was probably his most. And you're playing guys that are that are very visibly not very good because they're seniors or whatever. That just doesn't send a good message to young people. Because they don't want to wait. They don't want to sit and wait. So I do think it does have an impact. Um, Mitch Second says, I'm out on this team. I feel great about next year with the roster attrition. How often do you say that? Yes. And allowing the younger guys to play. I think next year's team floor is higher than this one, which is insanity. Agree or disagree? No, I agree. Um, I think it's addition. If they, if if they, if, well, if if Norman can really shoot, if Booker really stays, if and continues to get bigger. If Fears can bounce back, if Carr continues to develop a jump shot, um, and then you got to have you got to bring in some guys from the portal. I mean, we you got some good recruits it. coming in, but you're going to be super young otherwise. Uh, and maybe that's a good thing. I mean, the seniors certainly rest on their laurels of being seniors, and, you know, we just deserve this. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I need to be sold that everybody's going to stay. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Uh, speaking of insanity, Jake Knapp, what a legend with 190-plus ball speed. Yeah, that guy's crazy. He's ripped, but he's like, he look just, at these guys. These guys that are really – They're small. Like, Thin and fit like Zal Torres and whatever they just I JT, think they're I think they're so bendy that they can really yeah, just very... they can get around it and they can you know whip the ball. I'm comparing to my speed is like 97 on a driver. Yeah, it's pretty good comparatively. You know? I mean that's when I 
feel like I swing out of my shoes and about break my old man hips. So um, he was fun to watch this weekend. We'll yeah, talk a little bit more. Yeah, I think he's gonna be a good. He's pretty young, so pretty fun. All right, so Mitch, I gotta, I gotta, I not that I necessarily have five better, but I'm gonna take a little bit of like this is a little bit of Gus Johnson type hyperbole on this one. Patrick Kane's goal is one of the best Detroit sports moments of the 21st century. Top five easily. Am I right? If you, if you're not a wings fan playing against his old team played with Blackhawks forever on Blackhawk day, I think is what it was. Got a breakaway in overtime and, you know, scored on a great move and great shot uh, to win it for the Red Wings. Red Wings are a little bit of a win streak. I don't know. Top five is a little bit much because you got mags in there I mean, I'd even put Amon Ra's catch on the ballsy third down call to beat the Rams yeah. up there. Um, Pistons won a championship. Pistons have won a championship. The Red Wings have won a couple championships in the century. Um, so I don't think it's a top five it's sports a moment. moment. It was a good moment. I can tell you the, a better hockey moment than that, just flat out. Double overtime to beat the Blues in 1996. 1996, I think it was. I was on the phone with Kristen. We were just had just recently, a couple months before, started the date, and Eiserman kind of gets one on a breakaway and hits a slapper almost from the blue line to put him into the Eastern Conference Championship, then Eastern Conference or Western Conference Championship. Then um, that's an even bigger hockey play. Now, if, if he made that play in the playoffs, I would not at you. I would say that that's one of the top one or two. But pretty cool season, though, going pretty against cool his against team. his old teammate. I get it. I, I, I'll give you. Top 10-ish. We'll, we'll put it that way. Anything else you have for mailbag or hodgepodge, Ryan? Nope. I've got nothing else. Move on to the ah, third quarter. State of state. First, shout out MSU Hockey. They got a split last weekend. We were hoping they'd sweep Ohio State. They have a two-point lead with a two-game series at Wisconsin, the Big Ten Championship on the line. For those keeping a score at home, it took me until last week to figure this out. You get three points for a regulation win, two points for an overtime win, one point, I believe, for an overtime loss. Um, Michigan State has a two-point lead, two games in Madison. Win one, win the Big Ten, probably for the first time ever in the Big Ten. It's been a while since they won. It used to be the CCHA. Um, Either way, I think Michigan State is obviously a lock to get in the tournament for the first time since 2012. So, Shout out to them. They're fun to watch. I'm hoping that they can get, um, you know, get that Big Ten regular season title before the tournament uh, starts the next weekend. Yeah. Um, and they move forward from there. So great. Football. Spring football starts here, right? Yeah, soon. A couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, grinding. No, I'm excited for it. Um, there's positive. There's there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we have to have a competent football. It's funny. Coach. I was saying this to mom the other day, Ryan. Like, how bad is it that as bad as Michigan State's football season was? And we're talking like at three and nine and worse than the three and nine when Lewerke got hurt. Like, yeah, you know, with his freshman year, that team was competitive in most of the games. Yeah, they didn't win. This team was not competitive in most of the games. But all of a sudden, and you have then going into basketball season, you have the number four preseason basketball team, and you have this football program, a new coach and some new life and whatever. But like, the I would say the excitement is through the roof for football, and it's through the floor for basketball. Yeah, just complete opposite, just like that. Like we were saying, oh man, we can't wait for basketball season. It's going to be our best year. Yeah, this is our year. Tom said, this is a team that can win the national championship. Hey, guess what, Tom? No, you're trash. Never, I will washed. never believe you again. You're trashed. I, I mean, you're trashed. You're, you're washed. I'm sorry. Yeah, you you are the, the greatest coach that we'll ever have. You're a Hall of Fame coach. Does not you, you don't get a pass for this. It's yeah. 2024. We're not in 2003 anymore. You can't stick with the same crap. You can't say, oh, you know, my seniors, you know, they, they paid their dues. Yeah, like, I, I, I get that. Like why you say that, but that's not how it works. You play to win games. You don't play to spite people. I I fully believe that Tom Izzo was trying to spite Michigan State fans and all because he had, in his press conference after the Iowa game said I need to stop listening to people and play Mottie Moore. What did he do? Played Mottie Moore. He didn't start him. He started Booker to prove a point and say, look, it's not Booker. Booker's not why we're not playing. Booker's not why we're is why we're losing. It's because. 
he can't do this. It's because we can't do this. It's it's ridiculous. He focuses way more on the limitations of his guys than the opportunities that they have. What? I and mean, here's the thing. I, flat out, the difference is when you have a guard-heavy team, and Tyson, Tyson, Tyson looks like he's disinterested, but he also he has he's no hurt. he has no help. He's, he's hurt. hurt. And look, when you clog the middle. With I mean, he's lineups, been, he's getting double teamed basically. Like Madi and Cooper that that aren't a threat, and you're clogging the lane with them. What what is Tyson good at right now? Getting to the basket. Yeah, he hasn't made more. I'd have to look to see it officially. I don't feel like he's made more than one three in a game I can, since maybe the Maryland game. I can, ago. I'm gonna look this up because I am I'm I'm gonna look at the box I, scores. I, I mean. Five for fifteen he's again the terrible. other day. He can't. He can't. His pull up game, which we, you could always count on, like he's a. But then there's no space to do it either because yeah. what's the difference when Booker's in there? He's a threat to score from the outside, so you have to guard him, and it's five on five. With lineups that have Cooper and Kohler, or Madi and Kohler, or Madi and Cooper, you might as well. That is three on five. Well, not to mention you play those one. Some of those three of those, two of those three together. They have Colin Carr playing at the three. What does that do for him? What does yeah. that do for our offense? You're playing two on Right five. now, Colin Carr is what he is, which is a, a guy that can bring energy, can get rebounds, can go in and get mix it up a little bit, and can get ferocious dunks and maybe some and ones. He's not a mid-range guy. He's not a I'm going to attack off the dribble guy. He'll get there, but he's not there now. And so you're, you're really, in essence, as Ryan said, you're putting – Two man scoring lineups out there against five guys, and then you have a an Akins who goes, "I'm going to cram this in in one of the better shot blockers in in the Big Ten's face the other day." He's played terrible, and just he no showed that game. He was what one for? Yeah, his one was a, a layup. There were six, he and Tyson were six for twenty four combined. Twenty five. He's been he's horrible right now. I mean, in, but in Izzo said it in this press conference was right. I mean. You have guys, too many guys letting their 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 offensive output affect how they play the rest of the right, game. Right. Well, that's been AJ all year. And AJ, it's been Tyson, it's been Akins. It, it, Tyson gets away with the fact that he has really quick hands and he can slide into position quickly to to get some steals. You know, he's his defensive numbers look better than he's been playing. Yeah, his defensively. defense is, before he was up in people's grills. He's not mm-hmm. like that. He doesn't play with yeah. the team. Just doesn't play with fire. I mean, Hogard. He's like, you know, he'll have a couple positions. He's fire where, about himself. Where he, you know, gets up in people's faces, claps, does his what BS antics, and then he gets burned and he walks back. The only player playing worth anything on both ends, and he caught the senioritis is Hall. At the right time is Hall. And, you know, much maligned by us, by lots of people over the years, he has shown up and been the absolute straw that stirs the drink and if it wasn't for him michigan state would not even be on the bubble they would be on the bubble they'd be with michigan yeah they would they would be um and it's it's sad to say and and the lineup combinations this is how i know and and i thought you know again a little shout out to valenti's podcast if nobody listens to that it's good stuff and he let rico beard talk and rico's been covering michigan state basketball since like 98 and he said that he sees a coach who's tired and who is just—he's done. He's just—he's—he just he's, he just, he can't do it anymore. He's lost interest. He's lost the fire. He wants to blame people, but he says he can't. He makes excuses for why he can't he's yell at guys. Yelling at he makes excuses why he won't play his his freshmen. Um, look, you have an interim head coach for Ohio State at the podium saying. What changed, when they asked him what changed, he said what changed was when they took Booker out, we could push deeper into the paint because they didn't have any rim protection in. That's all you need to know. It's not that Booker is a physical specimen. He's still scrawny. He's put on 20 pounds at Michigan State, and he's still easy to push around. He misses you know, bunnies and dunks sometimes because he gets out physical. There's no question about that. But he had three blocks when he was in there in 15 minutes. Three blocks, three he was, rebounds. He was a threat outside. He had that one. He had the one tough and one dunk finish through contact. Um, and when an interim head coach at Ohio State is saying basically, "Yeah, you took out the guy that made it hard for us," it's time to reevaluate a little bit, Tom, oh, yeah. because your assistants stink. Yeah, his assistants stink. About this, he. He's getting co- he gets out coached by Fran McCaffrey for the umpteenth time in a row. 
Right. Fran McCaffrey, it was easy, a good coach. Yeah, I mean, offensive, not, not, not great, and he beat you, and you lost to an interim coach. I mean, this that's embarrassing. And I'm and I'm really struggling. I mean, it's the first time Ohio State's won in Breslin in 12 years. Um, I'm really struggling to see how Michigan State beats Northwestern next week. Northwestern has beat Michigan State three times in a row. Twice in a row at Breslin. Twice in a row at Breslin. Um, it's not a great matchup for us for whatever reason, because it's not like they're overpoweringly athletic or whatever. Um, it's senior day, so maybe. And Michigan State plays like garbage on the road at Indiana. They've never played well at Indiana. Um, well, actually, Chris just weighed in. He must have heard his ears ringing um, and asked a question, which is apropos for this this particular spot. He says, does basketball finish the season on a five-game skid? Yeah, I think it's very possible. And it's going to go to three against Purdue. I think there's a... I think there's a better chance they beat Northwestern at home on senior day than well, there is on the road. I, it gives me hope that it's senior day because weird things happen on senior day. Including Michigan State losing. Yeah, but <laughs> but that, I mean, stuff happens. And apparently, I, I didn't know this until they, I, I heard the story that it was in the works, but apparently Sissoko's brother got a visa to come to the United States to watch him play on his senior day. Oh, good Lord. That means he's going to play 40 minutes. Yeah, he might. He might score 40 points. Score went away in the Indiana Wisconsin. Good Lord. Um, trying to think. And the Izzo thing, it's evolve or die time. It's We don't want to see you go out like D'Antonio where you're yelling at clouds, not making mis- – it's just – it's tough, man. And he's checked out, like he said. Um, he Look, he, he had a tough run. Like, you know, Cassius had his brother, you know – committed suicide he had covid he had all the fallout of the nasser stuff where people were trying to bring him down for that and he had nothing to do with it like i get it and he's tired and he's stressful he's 69 years old and i said it last week i will love coach Izzo forever but go out close to the top the amount of guys that go out on top are basically none um jay writes the closest i think we talked about this last week that they they could think of right i just like if you love the school that much don't be so stubborn that you burn it down. I mean, you, you've you got to see the handwriting on the wall. You don't have the energy. You don't have the, the want There's no urgency to coach either. these young guys. You don't, you don't have the ability to yell or to get after them in practice, you say all the time. If you really don't and that's your style, then why are you doing it? Like if your love for the – I don't question that your love for the game is going gonna, is gonna to go away like Rico said. But like your drive and your passion to, to kind of make those – turns in the season because let's face it when Michigan State had their little run and we got our hopes up they had a great win against Illinois but they beat a not a very good Penn State team at the time and really only beat them for a half and then just happened to barely outplay a very shitty Michigan team to get the win and get everybody's hopes up like oh yep here we go it's March and these guys are clicking they weren't clicking they weren't clicking minus that Illinois game when push came to shove they weren't clicking um obvious against Iowa obvious against Ohio State I didn't go back to look, but back-to-back losses in the Big Ten at home in the same week has got to be at least 2015 as well. Like, it's just it's unheard of. The Breslin used to be a 90% win percentage, and now it's 80%. And if you take away the scrub wins, it's more like a 70%. And that's just not good enough. It's just not good no, enough. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's not even worth talking about the Purdue game this week. Michigan State has no chance. There's nobody... They're, they'll throw everything in the kitchen sink at Edie, and like Ryan said, Smith or somebody will torch him from outside. I don't believe that Michigan State has enough moxie and wherewithal to guard guys. I think Hall will have a good game. I think that nobody really particularly matches up great with him. But who else? I mean, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a twenty five point game. I mean, it is. And and Valenti and Rico also said this, and it's it's true. This Izzo, he hates this team that he coaches. They just, he, I feel like he's he just doesn't even care because they're so bad. Like they don't listen to him. And they just and he's just like, oh, whatever, you know, I'll I'll do this because that's all I want to do it. And by the way, Wisconsin, Indiana, you're not showing anymore. Delayed due to a smoke alarm going off they had to evacuate the arena at bloomington yes oh that's weird yeah because i was looking on my sports alerts app and it's like yeah, as if the uh, game was they had to evacuate the arena i thought it was it said delayed and i thought they were gonna say someone was hurt or something or a tornado but they're not in the no. tornado district there's tornadoes for those who care about the weather which we do because it's 
if you're in Michigan, you know it's uh, 70 some degrees today and it's going to be 22 tomorrow, so Crazy. a 50 degree drop. There are tornado warnings um, due west of Chicago, and it's kind of it's heading on a it's heading on a southwest Michigan trajectory. Now, does it make the lake? Probably not, but. Um, and we were just talking about before Tyson Walker in the last month. That going back to the Michigan game on the 30th of January, this year is three-point um, games. He had he was 0 for 6 against Michigan, 2 for 3 against Maryland, 2 for 7 against Minnesota, 1 for 1 against Illinois, 0 for 2 against Penn State, 1 for 5 against Michigan, 4 for 8 against Iowa, 1 for 6 against Ohio State. And overall in those games... 5 for 14, 8 for 16, 8 for 18, 7 for 15, 3 for 8, 6 for 16, 6 for 15, 5 for 16. Yeah, the last three it's games pretty bad. really, really bad. That's pretty and terrible. And again, is he hurt? Probably. Is he tired and getting everything in the kitchen sink thrown at him? Yes. Um, does Michigan State have crappy rotations in there on offense that make it even harder for him? Yes. Um, and here's the thing, too, is he's excellent at getting to the basket and finishing those high glassers. He can't make his free throws. Wouldn't have mattered the other day because they lost by two on the buzzer three or by three on the buzzer three. But he crotches a free throw with oh, 4.6 seconds that, that, that left. That's a microcosm of Michigan State basketball the last four years. Yeah, it's just like it's hard to take. It's almost impossible. We talked about it last week. We'll continue talking about it. It's it's hard to take. And here's the thing is like, I mean, is there hope that they get to the tournament? Yeah, but I can tell you at this point in time in this Shocking for me to say, I really don't care because I don't care about the streak. Streaks are nice, but like I said that this a week or two ago, like streaks are streaks. They come and go. Like if you just play for streaks and that's all you care about is getting in and you don't care to try to win. Yeah. It used to be like the way we, we, you know, looked at the season at the beginning with Michigan state played to get in, not to get in, but to win and to get to the final four. Then it, Everybody plays to win it, of course. But, like, realistically, they played for the Final Four. The Final Four was their goal. Every fourth-year senior made the Final Four until Appling um, or in pain. Um, like, but that's not there anymore. Now it's just it's good enough to get in. And that's not good enough for me, and it shouldn't be good enough for Michigan State fans. It just shouldn't. You should demand that we are good enough to at least get to the Sweet 16 every year and compete for a Final Four. That's what Michigan State built itself up to be. And if they're not careful, they're going to drop it to be where you're hopeful to just get into the tournament again for the first time in X years. So, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's bad. Um, Only time will tell. Let's go to to golf. Let's go. First, a word from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty. will help you find the home that fits your wants and needs. And they make the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients for 30-plus years in the West Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Let's golf it. Um, we talked about Jake Knapp a little bit in the uh, second quarter. Um, wins the Mexico Open. Fantastic display. Um, basically led from Friday on, right? Yeah, he had that amazing... He had a great right, uh, great front nine. Front nine, yeah. On Saturday. Um yeah, kid's going to be good. Um, some randos up there. I'm surprised Tony didn't play as well. He did okay. But our guys last week, mine combined 46. Your guys combined 21. So um, pretty solid week for both of us. You've had a couple, three really good weeks in a row um, after a kind of a slow start. Um, yeah, uh, that's always a that, – that course is kind of cool, um, right by the water, pretty. Lots of water, um, some drivable holes. Love to see that. And we go to – the Florida Swing now, um, the Honda, which is now the Cognizant um, Palm Beach Invitational um, at PGA National, the Bear Trap. Um, fun course, a lot of water there, a lot of trouble. Um, it's a fun one to watch. Um, and Chris Kirk won that last year in a playoff over Eric Cole, I believe. Um, so it should be fun. And that leads me to my picks. I'm picking Eric Cole because I think the, he's a Florida guy. What the hell? Um, and my other guy's Lowry. He played well there a few years ago. And I'm going to go Ben on, and I'm going to go with Ricky. He won there, I think, six or seven years ago. And uh, what's his name? Um, I think Rory's playing. If I'm Rory is playing, yep. That's kind of cool. So that begs a question. What's what's better, the West Coast swing or the Florida swing for golf? I think West Coast. I don't know why. I, I like the West Coast courses a little bit better, honestly. Um I mean, you got Pebble in there. You got Riviera. 
Waste Kapalua, TPC Scottsdale, TPC Scottsdale, PGA Stadium West. Yeah, there's um, some cool. I mean, the Florida ones are awesome. Like TPC Sawgrass is phenomenal. Yeah, Bay Hill and Bay Hills. Bay Hills cool. Um, I, I think, I think the best good. part about the Florida swing is that means the Masters is that that much closer. Yeah, a, a month, a little over a month away. Um, it's going to be special. Um, I don't know. I, I I can't wait for it. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the for big golf, more elevated events because there's a few coming up. Um, we love golf. Do you have any other things? I've got a short-lived one. We're playing this weekend. First. No, I saw that Tiger's given uh, given. Uh, Ram the cold shoulder because he Good. went to live. I I saw that the live is really oh, pushing. Uh, what was the other thing I saw? Live. Greg Greg Norman confirms league's pursuit of Hideki, and he's been trying to get him for a while. Um, I think that's all just interesting type of stuff. I really don't care about the live, honestly. Well, I mean, Hideki, he he. I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't learn how to speak English. Who cares? He's an interest. I, I don't know anything about him aside from him winning some big events. Be honest with you. Yeah, because he doesn't speak English. No, he doesn't. So it's kind of hard to get to know a it's guy. Kind of right? funny, honestly. Um, yeah, golf is it's it's in a good spot. Um, looking forward to what's coming up here. Should we sprint it home? Yep, let's do it. Uh, all right. Saw this on uh, Golf Digest. That was a good one. Play one round a year for twenty years at Pebble Beach, or get one round at Augusta. One round a year for twenty years, did you say? Yeah. At Pebble Beach, Pebble Beach. I think I'd want to play Augusta. I don't, I feel like you wouldn't need to play Pebble more than once. Like I, mm, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like courses like that, like you see it once, and I mean, obviously, you, if you're free, you take it. But I, I, I think you can't test Augusta. Fair, and you don't really want to go to the cesspool that is California no, all that often. And Augusta, so. you, you'd have to. I mean, it's almost impossible to play there. All right, fair. Like you, you convinced me. You, you, <clears throat> with, you sold me on it. With more conference realignment coming, um, aka UMass, you see that they're going to the to the MAC in 2025. I feel like the they Mac. were. I was going to say, I feel like yeah, they were in the MAC um, before. Are mid majors about to die? Well, until they fix, I mean, I've said it before, like what they need to do is just create this new super division of 48 to 64 teams in college football and then go back to the old regional conferences for all the other sports, basketball included. Um, It makes, it's nonsensical to do gymnastics or golf or softball or, I mean, hockey is you know going to be regional or whatever how it is but like it makes no sense to have these other sports these olympic sports if you will played all across the country like it just it just doesn't make sense and i think sooner than later that's what's going to happen i've said it before i think you're going to have the big 10 in the sec your afc nfc it's going to be somewhere to 48 to 64 teams and then this new realm of like all the non-power fives are going to go and they're going to play for their own championship. Then maybe they'll meld together with FCS and create a bigger division that way. I think that's the way that it's going to save the sport. Honestly, I I don't, otherwise these other schools are just not going to be able to compete division one and division two is going to be huge. Yeah. I mean, like we said, it's going to, it's going to change and then it's going to just revert back to what it is or was like in 2014. Stupid. Should they keep doing the the match, make that an annual thing um, like they've been doing? I heard it was pretty good last night. I mean, they had what Lexi Thompson, Thompson Rosane, Max Homa, and Rory. Yeah, I, I mean, I heard it was pretty good. Um, I kind of like that better than playing with celebrities, to be honest. Yeah, it's, uh, and you get the I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Um, I think you just have to make sure you get personality people. It's kind of odd to have it in the middle of the season, to be honest. Um, yeah, just kind of. Uh, I think as long as they're selling advertising and people will watch, they'll keep doing it. I, it wasn't must see TV for me, but I don't have a problem with it. I mean, when I was young, it was always on Thanksgiving weekend. You had like Arnie and Jack and Lee and Chi-Chi playing for skins, which was kind of a, you know, a version of the match, I guess. But right, they, I think they played skins yesterday, um, as well. All right, last one. I don't know why I thought of this one earlier. Best donut place in West Michigan. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think I go Marge's. That's what I said too. It's un- I haven't had it in a while. Underrated. It's been a while. Underrated. But I, I got to tell you though, this the cinnamon. Robinettes are was really. Robinettes good. is phenomenal. 
it's cake donuts, right? So you gotta like cake donuts and the cinnamon coffee roll from Meyer. I I, Ooh, I, are, I was weaned good. on that at a very young age. Started drinking coffee and eating those donuts when I was like two. Those are underrated, sneaky good. Yeah, but I think Marge's makes a good fresh glazed donut, and that's how I judge a donut place. I, like I'll tell you, one of the best glazed donuts I've ever had is Trackside Donuts down in Naples, Florida. Yeah. Um, you know that's I or, that place. Bonita, maybe it is, you know, down there, Fort Myers, somewhere down that way. Bill always used to bring them um, phenomenal. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Marge's. I forgot about Trackside. Yeah, I'll go Marge's as well. Um, Chris, place. make sure you hit Trackside Donuts. All right. It's down your territory. That is uh, 163 of these. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Let us uh, know any mailbag questions you might have, any other topics you would want us to discuss. We can do that. Um, any sprint questions you want us to answer, fun ones. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, enjoy the warm weather this weekend, aside from tomorrow, um, which is Wednesday, the 28th. It's going to be cold. Um, but happy March. We're almost there. Almost there. And speaking of March Madness, as the great John Wooden once said, success comes from knowing that you did your best to become the best that you are capable of becoming. That sounds a little bit like Kamala Harris. Thank you.